You're listening to Insights by Exonia Bank, a series of conversations from our experienced team of bankers. Today's host is Lauren Ruff, Marketing Director, and she'll be talking with Wendy Sawinski, Senior Vice President of Commercial Banking. Wendy plays a pivotal role in the bank's strategy relating to small business loans and treasury management. I'm happy to introduce Lauren and Wendy. Hi, Wendy. Hello. How are you? I'm doing great. How about you, Lauren? Good, good, good. Thank you so much for coming on today. Um, before we get going, I just want to probably ask a pretty obvious question, but I think 2020 has pretty, been pretty tumultuous for you. Is that right? Nice Is that how you feel? To say the least. Um, <laughs> You know, I think at the onset of the year when things were really being impacted by the pandemic, you know, obviously the CARES Act was launched and the most familiar component of that was the Payroll Protection Program. PPP. Yes. Yes. So at that time, um, Exonia Bank, we kind of stepped up. We were an early adopter of the fact that we just had to do what we could to get the money out on the street. Um, there weren't a lot of um, policies and procedures or time to really think through a lot of elements that would normally go into planning. So yeah. you really just had to go and know that in good faith things would work out. So um, we did that. And, you know, within the first month of the program, we did nearly 300 loans. Wow. Is that a lot? It sounds like a lot. So so I think it is a significant amount, okay. um, for sure, especially when you consider that we are a local community bank. Um, you know, myself and one of my other colleagues were the only two really applying for the guarantees online. So um, everything that had to be done in order to obtain the loan number was an issue. And then on the back end, um, you know, our credit analysts really had to step up. Um, our doc prep team, funding team, you know, it was more than just about securing the money, the process that it really took and a coordinated effort among a group that were really all working remote. So, you know, let's add that in, Um, (laughs) you know, that really, you know, our IT department too, I have to give them kudos. They really stepped up. Awesome. Well, thank you for sharing your perspective. Um, So despite the unprecedented loan volume and questions from your clients, I'm sure you were getting bombarded with questions. I mean, you were really doing your best to take care of your clients and be a resource. So mm-hmm. um, I, I, I had to give kudos to you for that. You know, that's that takes a lot. Um, so to kind of get into more of our conversation today, um, I, I wanted to start off the first question asking with more businesses becoming familiar with SBA, mm-hmm. um, you know, because many of them have you know, utilize mm-hmm. the PPP program. Mm-hmm. Um, what have you found to be some of the lingering myths that seem to just hang out there? Yeah, I think in general, when it comes to SBA lending, I think a lot of people really have kind of a misguided understanding of small business. I mean, by definition, small business really, you know, represents companies with up to $15 million in sales. So we're looking at a pretty large segment, you know, especially in Wisconsin, Southeast Wisconsin, we're so manufacturing focused, um, you know, that really is something designed to help mm-hmm. a lot of businesses. And I think also um, when looking at SBA programs, there's some different, uh, definite reasons to consider using an SBA guarantee, whether it's, you know, the benefit to the borrower or to the bank, the one thing that I find that cannot be mitigated with a guarantee is lack of cash flow. 
So the SBA really is designed to help in situations where you may have limited equity, limited collateral. Okay. So it helps shore up the bank's position. So that's one of the benefits. Are there others mm-hmm. that you have encountered that maybe some people have misinformation on? Yeah, I think that those are probably the two major ones when it comes oh. to traditional SBA lending. But okay. I think that, um, you know, in addition, under the CARES Act, PPP was just one of the programs that was part of that act. Um, second, most commonly used and becoming more familiar is the EDL loan. So what is that? That is the Economic Injury Disaster Loan. So under the CARES Act, this program provided um, really two different things. Um, The first was an emergency advance of up to $10,000 that um, really was meant to supplement the short-term needs of a company. Like what? Like payroll or? Mm-hmm. Yes. So payroll, rent expense. Okay. So um, things that borrowers really needed to be mindful of is to not utilize funds from multiple programs for the same purpose. So, um, you know, a lot of times you'll see EDL used in conjunction with PPP. I think PPP was more of that short-term immediate shot in the arm, you know, keeping folks on payroll um, where EDL could be designed to help with longer term needs. The big caveat there is that the funds are used for long for working capital. So, um, you know, one of the things that I'm seeing now as more companies are taking advantage of the EDL program is that um, some may not fully understand some of the restrictions that came along with that funding. Um, you know, distributions are very common among our businesses, and it's a way for owners to um, receive pay. But with having EDL funding, one of the things that you are signing on for is not being able to take a distribution without the SBA's consent. So obviously the SBA is looking to ensure that um, their loan is repaid and that people aren't taking money out of the company if the company can't afford it. So, um, you know, it's not really meant to be prohibitive. It's really, you know, just something that is a good business practice. Um, The program included terms up to 30 years with rates of 3.75%. But unlike PPP, this loan does take a lien against business assets. So I think ongoing, there may be a little bit longer term impact because if folks were looking to um, restructure or refinance debt, Mm -hmm. or if they were looking to change banks, something that everyone's gonna just be mindful of is the fact that, you know, there's going to have to be some subordinated debt that becomes part of that. So again, I don't think it's going to make things restrictive. It's just going to be something that the industry is going to have to work through and be mindful of. You said the PPP is kind of like a short-term thing. I mean, is 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 it, um, is it the same thing for the EDL or? As far as the application deadline, so right now we are seeing that the second round of PPP funding um, that did expire on August 8th. So companies are no longer able to apply currently for that program. There is some legislation pending that may make some future funds available. Um, with EDL, actually that window is still open for application. So okay. for businesses that may anticipate that, you know, hardship caused by um, the pandemic 
could have some financial impact long term or they're just unsure, they certainly can still get an application in. You know, they may wish to do so sooner than later. Right now, the deadline for applications is listed on the SBA website as September 30th. So, you know, as also as part of the CARES Act, I think there are uh, there's another component that really isn't used very frequently. There were four different programs that were really part of that act, and that is the um, SBA Express Express Bridge Loan, and that can be issued as an interim financing while a, con a client works through their EDL request. Um, so it's really meant to be short term. Um, you know, for anyone that may have contacted us to explore that option, really, I think we were just as able to look at the longer term needs of the business and make recommendations to utilize other offerings. So what we found is that maybe a standard 7A, which is a very commonly used um, SBA program, that became the better option to really address long and short term needs. Um, under the CARES Act, the SBA is making principal and interest payments on SBA 7A loans for six months. So for new loans, um, those actually have an opportunity to be closed up until September 27th and funded. And the SBA will make payments for the first six months under the current provisions of the act. So it sounds like the SBA stepped up and, and, and kind of um, expanded its offerings. Do you find that to be helpful for a lot of your customers? Have you been leaning on the SBA more so than you have in your career? Yeah, I think I have always been a big proponent of the SBA just because um, the way that I view it, while, you know, some may think that it's a lot of work to get something done, um, you know, the, I look at it as an opportunity to advance a situation. And it's only one opportunity. So oftentimes, when looking at SBA financing structures, mm -hmm. at the same time, I am proposing to a client or prospective client um, what a timeline might look like or what might be required if they were to consider a more conventional structure. Um, you know, at the same time, you know, there's also private equity. So one of the things I had mentioned earlier was that the SBA, it's not something to substitute for cash flow. It's more to substitute for equity or collateral. Um, sometimes bringing in an equity partner might be the better or best solution. So I really think that laying all the options on the table mm -hmm. and looking at the needs of the business, I think it really then allows the banker and the client to determine which is the proper route based on a variety of circumstances. With utilizing SBA and all its programs, how does that create more um, steps that you need to go through in order to make sure the client is holding up their end of the bargain? I can't think of the right you question. Know, but Actually, Lauren, um, I think that the way that you worded that question is perfect because I think that there is a big misunderstanding when it does come to some of the provisions and when you enter into an agreement as the borrower and are also signing on as the bank. Um, the SBA really becomes that third party that's going to hold both sides accountable. So all of the things that become prudent in just standard bank underwriting 
are really because you need to document them in your SBA file, it becomes more enforced. When it comes to a benefit to the client, there are certain things that when entering into an SBA loan that the bank really has to do to provide all opportunity for that business to succeed. Um, The fact that a bank cannot issue a balloon note or put a demand feature into a note, something that could cause harm to a company if you know, they enter into a challenging business cycle, those are all built into the agreement. So really there's, you know, there's features that are benefit for for both sides. And then have you like found with working with your clients that um, just in their cycle of their business, like maybe some companies have not needed to lean on FBA, but as, as this pandemic has kind of lingered and you know is continuing have they had to kind of change course i mean definitely definitely um you know i think actually the majority of the applications that i saw and and we helped fulfill with ppp were companies that never would have entertained an sba loan or had a need to really i mean because these are strong companies And depending on industry, it was really for a variety of reasons that they needed access to capital. We saw in some cases that unless you were deemed an essential industry, you were shut down, you know, and, and things like that actually as, as quick as programs like PPP came online, Mm -hmm. you know, they, they came under some scrutiny early on because, you know, Getting the funds deployed was the goal, but now let's work out on the backside. What if my business is not essential? How do I spend this money in eight weeks? And that's where we saw over time some of the revisions come out um, in the program. But I think for the most part, you know, even if you were a company that had exhausted a good portion of your cash early on, the clients that I've spoken with are so grateful to have received the money, it still is going to provide benefit. Perhaps it would have provided more had they originally had the 24-week spending period. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, I I think a lot of people, you know, ultimately are very happy with with how the SBA stepped up. I'm I'm just curious. I I would love to hear more stories about um, maybe, because you you said that the Wisconsin, you know, primarily manufacturing mm-hmm. and, and I think that's um, is that what Exony Bank kind of you know we have a lot of manufacturing clients mm-hmm. yes um, we do we do tend to focus on we like operating companies okay. so um, helping them with all their credit needs whether it's equipment real estate or working capital lines of credit we really run the gamut it's a full relationship so um, you know, you bring up a good point because I think that certain lenders do have more of an appetite for different types of businesses. Some may be more real estate focused. Some may prefer just to issue term debt using the SBA or maybe a conventional structure where um, what we do is really want to encompass and become a partner to that business. You know, and that even ties into some of the things that we do in the area of treasury management. So, you know, being a, a local community bank, I think sometimes, you know, too, there might be a little stigma that, you know, we would be limited in those resources. And that definitely is not the case. One additional thing I think that um, 
you know, in talking with a variety of business owners, whether they're our clients or just at, you know, more of a membership group or, you know, a lot of that is being held through Zoom calls, what I see as a common issue or hindsight, you know, being 2020 is that a lot of owners have a better appreciation for their numbers and the importance of putting together a budget so that, you know, they can utilize some of that, whether it be in a new conversation with a bank, um, you know, it just kind of provides justification and validation. So, um, you know, this is where, too, the impact by industry is going to vary so greatly. So while, you know, certain industries could take advantage of EDL, it's still so important to pay attention to your margins. So, you know, using those funds to support the working capital needs, the ongoing needs of the business for the sake of writing unprofitable business, you know, that's something really that needs to be considered. And if there's something that's being overlooked right now, I would have to say that that's probably one of my biggest concerns is that, you know, coming out of this, we're going to have some folks that didn't take a look at their profitability. And um, on the back end, they're just going to end up with some debt. But, you know, right now we all have to kind of work with the tools that we have, uh, make it the most educated and informed decisions that we can. Then consulting, you know, with your bank, it's very important. So yes. Yeah. It's all good of your good relationship in good times. But, you know, when, yeah. when you're going through issues, that's definitely when you really need, you need to-, to have like almost a disaster plan or the planning team almost where mm-hmm. you you have a team mm-hmm. of advisors to go right. to when yeah when things don't go so well mm-hmm. yeah well and i think that one of the things too when you look at whether it's the utilization of programs or just looking at working with your bank or you know even even outside of having access to credit um, looking at the short term and long term you know there's going to be certain things that are going to need to change. So some of the decisions you're making today could have a longer term impact. So it's very important that you're you're mindful of all of those considerations when making your adjustments to the budget, to your operating agreement. In order to produce a product, you know, how much staff do you need? All of these things become relevant. What are your cost of goods? And again, that kind of ties into the budget. Yes. Thank you so much, Wendy, for, for sharing all this information related to the FBA, the PPP, EDL, um, and, and, and kind of giving a little bit of insight into where you kind of see the program going mm-hmm. in the future, in the near future. Um, we hope to have you here again soon talk a little bit more about commercial lending and FBA. Oh, great. Thanks, Lauren. Appreciate yeah. the time. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be sharing more stories in the episodes ahead. So if you like the information you heard today, please make sure to hit subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Wishing you all continued success. We'll talk to you soon.